Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Hey everybody, before we get into tonight's show, I uh, wanted to call out SpartanForge.ai. If you haven't heard of SpartanForge.ai, head on over to SpartanForge.ai and check them out. They have a deer predictive model uh, software platform that's built upon many years of collecting uh, collared deer data that's accumulated to millions of data points and uh, will help you understand when deer will be on hoof and how they'll negotiate certain trains. If you want to head over to Spartan.ai to check them out, you can use code W2H for 20% off. Be sure to check out those guys uh, when you get a chance. It's going to really improve, uh, at least taking uh, your PTO days and knowing when you ought to be doing that. But uh, let's get into the show. Hi, I'm Dan Small, host of Outdoor Wisconsin, and I listen to Where to Hunt. Nah, it's okay. I'm Kurt Geyer with Working Class Bow Hunter. I listen to Where to Hunt podcast, and it's decent. It's all right. Hey, this is Bud Fisher with Catching Deers, and I think the Where to Hunt podcast is all right. Hey everybody, welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts, aka the OKS podcast in the Midwest, coming at you from the OKS Hunter podcast studio. Uh, if you haven't heard of or been to the OKS Hunter website, head over to OKSHunter.com. You can use code uh, W2HPODCAST for 10% off and uh, save yourself some money. Seen a lot of orders come through there for uh, Christmas. It looks like a lot of women are ordering, which I suspect they're buying for their OKS Hunter husbands. Could be. That's my guess. But yeah, I'll order from all over the country, man. It's been a busy month. That's awesome. Well, actually, it's been eight days. November was a busy month. <laughs> December's busy too. Uh, busy time of the year, I, I guess I should say. It certainly is. Everybody's trying to get gifts purchased for their significant other, their kids. Their yeah, we were ones. just talking about this. Yeah. I'm not going to say any product names. No, I don't want to like, you no, know, gonna say a word. give anything away for no, who you're no. buying for or what you're mm-hmm. buying for. Right. Um, and we're going to do a, uh, something a little bit different today for our, our sponsor, uh, Call Outs. We're just going to do a quick rundown. So uh, be sure to check out Backwoods Grind uh, Coffee at backwoodsgrind.com. You can use code W2HPODCAST for 10% off. Uh, head on over to gumleafusa.com. They make some great rubber boots. W2H2020 for 10% off. Heated Hunts. They make a Heated Hunt scent Spencer. Code where the number two the word hunt for ten percent off, Vector Custom Shop, uh, where the number two the word hunt for ten percent off, Spartan Forge. Head over to SpartanForge.ai and I forgot the discount code, so I'll put it at the beginning of the podcast um, when we do post production. But you're gonna get twenty percent off, which is huge. Um, Fleet Farm, FleetFarm.com. Code W2H10 for ten percent off. And uh, hey, guess what we're drinking? Well, I guess I'm drinking by you're myself drinking, here. You're drinking. You're drinking alone. Drop Tine Spirits, 12-point bourbon, baby. Nice. This is delicious. 
How is it that we have two partial bottles here? Uh, deer camp and podcast room, and they just, you know, I want to bring a full bottle of deer camp to get the full effect. And uh, we were having one here, so I think that's how it You guys were sloughing off. <laughs> yeah, that bottle should have been empty. <laughs> you know, we had some other stuff, too, this uh, uh, beer barrel bourbon that uh, my buddy brought from Michigan. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was pretty tasty. Um, so we were going back and forth. And then lots of bush lies, bush lattes. Beer water? Yeah, we drank, I think, like close to two 30-packs, which might sound like amateur hour, but there were yeah. six of us and like... One of the guys like wasn't drinking, so five. And my dad was drinking wine, so four. So between four dudes, I think we handled it pretty well. <laughs> all I know is when we cleaned out the cabin, uh, it was like all bush cans in the trash or the recycling bin. The recycle bin. Yeah. So there's that. All right, let me click into this uh, thing here and see if anyone's actually watching or commenting. Well. <laughs> all I know is when we clean. There we go. Cool. Well, uh, so today. No guest. I think you and I are just going to talk about uh, first recap of the whole freaking shebang. Yeah, up till now. Yep. And then, like, how to hunt now. Like, what are we doing for a late season? And by we, <laughs> me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, is there a second rut, a third rut? And how does that play into things and so forth? So, well, the rut has just continued on, I think, but it's going to go till. I've experienced up till Christmas just about okay. chasing and, and tending of does, but it all depends on the, the area that you're in. I think it'll go till all the does are bred. Exactly. And it could go into January. No doubt. Well, I guess. I know we went out last. We went out this this year in January. Yeah, it makes it seem yeah, like forever Yeah, we ago. did. We did go out in January. But... Uh, Man, that was a long time ago, especially considering mm-hmm. the, the shit show of a year that we've had. Right. Oh, my God. Before all this start, stuff started happening. I thought. Mm. So, recap. Um, we both tried some new things this year, or at least, a specific, like, I tried a bunch of new things. You were already shooting heavy arrows. I think, did you already have an HHA sight? No, but I already, I had a similar make. I had a spot hog on there before, but okay. did, uh, we both... We put together the HHA sites and uh, again we we <laughs> me this is great yeah yeah I, I mounted it up for you and got it pretty close and then you had to do all the fine tuning and yeah, yeah didn't did. take much you oh. got it pretty well dialed in mm-hmm. um, sent us Virtus rests also which unfortunately they did not Virtus did not fit your bow yeah but it fit mine perfectly in fact I'm really impressed with how tight that thing fit. I mean, there's no movement in it whatsoever. It's it's a nice fit. Um, but shot that, got that all dialed in, and everything worked really well for me. Yeah, and you did some paper tuning. Uh, with... I did a lot of paper tuning. <laughs> I did, I mean, when was pretty the last, much. I think it was, what, last March? Was it was this March. Isaac yeah, so we had. Before we had, COVID, right before yep, it. It was right before COVID. We had. Or maybe it was February, late February. Yeah, it was. It was cold. Had, Isaac and Michael here. Yeah. And then uh, we got connected with those guys, and then I we started messing around with arrows, and then I got really geeky with it and just started. I, I asked them to send me components, and I went down the road of building and tuning my arrows to my bow mm-hmm. rather than taking and tuning the bow to a specific arrow. And 
I mean, it's definitely a heavier, more extreme arrow. It's not 650 grains, but it's close. It's pretty heavy arrow. And that's including the broadhead and everything. Oh yeah, this yeah, is this is full. This is whole, full hunting weight. It's ready to go at 630 grains. So heavy insert. 125 grain iron wheel broadhead. I love that broadhead. It's been money for me. It, it even served as a plan B arrow. I mm-hmm. mean, look at my doe from opening day. That's if right. I were if I were shooting a, a really lightweight, my old arrows of 480 grains, I don't think I would have gotten that kind of results with the way I ended up hitting that deer. You know what I don't miss about opening day? Mm, mosquitoes. Yeah. yeah well. They're all dead. Or they're like frozen or whatever they're doing. Yeah. Not bothering me. Yeah, and you had the full pass-through, full body length pass-through, which I, I've never seen anything like that before. And apparently the internet hadn't either because I shared it to Instagram and I got like 50,000 views. That's wild. Um, lots of commentary. And it did stink, <laughs> as some yeah. people had noted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you travel a length, you're going to hit something that's not ideal. Yep. You know, the stomach being deflated right after the lungs. Yeah, it's just, it's par for the course. Yeah, it was a mess. Yeah, but it, was it was dead. A mess, but it was a dead, it was dead. The meat was still good. Uh, took care of it and, and got it to the processor right away. Typically, I don't take deer to processor. I usually do them myself, mm-hmm. but move to a new house, and I don't quite have things set up the way I want them yet to do it. And it was warm. It was, yeah. All right. It was pretty warm. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think I could have done quite as good of a job on, you know, the quality. The and the quality. Yeah, the quality of, of the product at the end result was pretty fantastic. Uh, Dwayne or Dueno Dwayneski just asked, uh, Grego, what's the speed on that arrow? He's curious. I don't know. Um, I know I, I, I'm not that geeky. I don't own that kind of equipment to take it. I didn't take it and, and shoot it through a chronograph. I really don't know what the speed is probably slow as fuck it it's slow <laughs> it's slow drops but i'm gonna like, tell you right drops, now flies like a rock my bow is never shot quieter and my bow is pretty quiet to begin with mm-hmm. but it's never shot quieter okay and, and you're shooting a matthews right i'm shooting, shooting a matthews and matthews bows are pretty quiet especially the halon I, I shoot a halon 32 and everything you know triax all them bows after that have been really quiet been super quiet they got string suppressors on them already they uh they just do a, a good job of dampening the riser it's a fairly quiet bow and then when you shoot a heavy arrow be it aluminum or carbon or a combination of both it it's a pretty quiet shot now was it harder to uh dial it in because the arrow is heavier like because it dropped so much faster when you went further out was it so trickier to go through that process or was it similar so that's that's always the hang-up, especially if you're a guy that is wired for speed. Like, mm-hmm. you want as fast of an arrow as you can get. That is always going to be the disappointment factor, I <laughs> guess. is like, oh, man, that arrow drops awful fast. Sure, it drops fast. Um, drops deer fast, too. Drops deer fast, too. <laughs> but at 30 yards, um, it probably dropped four or five inches lower than the old 480 grain setup mm-hmm. I was shooting. Actually, it was closer. It's funny. I did the same when I was shooting mine. I was going back and forth to yeah. kind of see the difference. Yep. And like one just went into the dirt and the other hit the target. Right. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. It, it's a big difference, it, you know, but 
your site is adjustable. Right. You know, so adjust your site. And especially if you're doing it early enough in the year, like I started, I started in March and I had nothing but time between answering tech calls and emails. If I wasn't going into work, Mm -hmm. guess where I was. Between that and playing in the woods. Yeah. Or, or messing around with my bow and, and playing around with arrow and weight combinations. So, yeah, it, it was an adjustment, and you just kind of put that out of your mind because if your bow is that much quieter, the deer aren't aren't jumping the string as much. Well, when and when those guys were here, uh, Isaac and Michael, they had said, like, no arrow is faster than the speed of sound. No. So. Um, it's not. You know, I still don't know what the hell went wrong with the one I missed. I, I but, think you uh, just think you I saw just it, and I think it was something. I, I think know. it was kind of a shell shock moment for you, where you saw that that thing, and it was a nice deer, mm-hmm. and it was close, and it was like a oh crap, and it was a quick oh, and then you kind of overthought some things, and then maybe you blacked out a little, you know, you it just kind of blacked. <laughs> but, but I remember feeling pretty calm and collected. Yeah. I was like, "There's the buck." I got my bow. I'm drawn back. I see brown. That's where it should be. Let her rip. And I was like, "What the heck?" You know, just didn't end up. And you know, I, I didn't. I was way less nervous than I thought I would ever be. I thought I would have been like, "You've seen videos, of people, yeah, shaking." And I wasn't doing that. I was right. just cool as a cucumber, as the saying goes. And uh, well, and damn. I've done it too, where I've same thing. It was like, "Oh crap!" There's a buck. Mm-hmm. Turn around. Come full draw. And I don't know what I did wrong, but I shot right over the top. I misjudged yardage yep. clearly. If I would have seen that one sooner, I probably would have been more amped up. Probably. But I saw him, and it was just the right amount of time for me to not do all that. I was like, it's time to act, not time to think. Yeah. Like, and just, you know, yeah, let, let the instincts take over yeah. and, and do it. But getting back to the. Sorry, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Wormhole, it's fine. <laughs> getting back to the whole heavy arrow thing. I made the sight adjustments and then I started tinkering around with more, more different, different combinations of weight. I played with a 250 spine, which, you know, you read all the online forums and everybody's looking to kill T-Rex with a 250 spine <laughs> and a 300 grain broadhead up front, which cool. If you can do that and your boat bow likes to shoot it. Great. My bow, I played around with a heavier, a stiffer spine and a heavier point weight I think I went all the way up as high as like 325 grains in the nose of a 250 spine. That was and again, s- just to clarify, this the smaller the number on the spine, the more uh, dense it's, it's stiffer or stiff it is. It's right? stiffer and it's also a thicker wall, so it, it actually equates to being a heavier grain per inch arrow. Mm-hmm. And just for those that don't know, the vector arrows that we're shooting, they're a micro di- thick walled micro diameter. Yep. So um, carbon arrow, they're yeah. a heavy carbon arrow. So. I played with that. It didn't paper tune very well. It looked like a nunchuck tear through the paper. Mm-hmm. And I tried knock tuning it out and I'd get close, but I'd still have a, a side tear right or left, you know, no matter what I did. Yep. I thought, well, you know what? Hell with it. I'm going to throw fletchings on it. Cause that's what fletchings are supposed to do. Fletchings are going to, they're going to tame that out of it. They're going to help it fly. So I threw fletchings on it and I got them to fly. I got them to fly just fine. But 700 grain arrow you might as well throw trees at them you know it's it's a heavy arrow it's heavier than what i needed to throw at something it's cool it's definitely slower the bow is ultra quiet and 
it'll do some damage. I mean, I'm sh- I was shooting it right at a uh, a Reinhardt block target, mm-hmm. which will will gobble up arrows pretty good. But I was getting half the arrow passing through it. That's that's pretty impressive, but also excessive. Okay. For what I wanted to do. Right. So I thought, you know, I could gain some speed. Let's knock down to the 300 spine. And I'm just going to start shooting with a lightweight insert and just keep changing my point my point weights. So I went through all of the different... I bought the, the test pack from, from uh, Ethics Archery. Yep. They sell the Ranch Ferry kit, and they sell a couple other ones. So I picked up the Ranch Ferry kit and just started working my way up through different weights and then found a combination that just seemed... To fly really nice, bare shaft. I got it to bullet hole through paper, bare shaft from. Tw- I I think I I started off at like twenty yards just it's called to see knock tuning, right? Knock tuning. It started off twenty yards well, and then I did some research, and you don't need to be twenty yards from the target if you're paper tuning through twenty yards and you're getting a bullet hole, then you're really doing well. So I moved up to twenty one feet away from my target, shot through the paper. And was getting a perfect bullet hole, no right or left tear. After I got to tweaking the knock around and, and making sure I was hitting the, the the stiffer side of the of the of the arrow shaft, so I figured out a combination. My bow liked it. I put fletchings on it. Perfect arrow flight, no issues whatsoever. So the fletchings at the end of the day were like, well, you're willing to, yeah, this is on there. Yep, this the the fletchings. I don't. I don't need a lot of fletching. I don't need a big fletching, but they're they're tall enough. You know, they're the, they're the uh, Q2I veins, I believe. So they're. And you have the. It's a three vein. I was shooting three fletch, and then I I played around with a four fletch, and I actually got uh, the wider broadhead that I'm shooting to fly better. Did you test out that one, the other one from Ironwall? Uh, no, I've not. I've I've shot it into the target, but mm-hmm. I've not shot an animal with it. Oh well, yeah, no, but you you oh, let it fly out of the arrow and oh, it's it it flies amazing. So if he does end up bringing that to market, mm-hmm. it's gonna be a very accurate broadhead. And it it <laughs> the way it twists into the target, I would imagine it's gonna do well. I'm sorry that I'm only half listening. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> I just got Are the you sleeping over code there? from uh, Bill over at Spartan Forge. Okay. The code is W2H. <laughs> Imagine that's that. That's what it is. 20% off. My God, I'm an idiot. You know, this is, I'll, I'll throw all my sponsors on the bus right now. If they would just all use the same discount code, it would be fine. Right. <laughs> Everyone's right. got a different one. Well, um, for I'm assuming different technological reasons or, or what have you, or marketing purposes, sure. blah, blah, blah. Sure. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I came up with an arrow combination that my bow liked rather than going back and forth to the bow shop and trying to get, you know, a twist in the cable here and there. I just, I built an arrow that my bow liked that shot bullet holes through paper, bare shaft, and fletched them all up and away I went. Built six good uh, killing arrows and the, the rest were for uh, for target shooting. Cool. Yeah. It was, it's a lot of work. I remember when uh, I talked with Isaac for the first time, we were introduced through like some mutual business colleague through an incubator from all, I can't believe that happened this year too. It was three months of my life that are like, feels like forever ago. Um, and you're like, I've never heard of this company. Who is this guy? Yeah. Uh, they don't have much on their website. What the hell are you, Eric? I don't know about this. 
And then, you know, I was like, well, I think they're gonna be on the podcast. Let's come on by. And we like, yeah, it was like, cool. It was like bromance at first sight, you know, it was great. <laughs> I just, I was like, you know, it, it evolved so fast and they've come so far since. And that was, like I said, back in like February, you know? And yeah. Those guys have really done well. And I think just everybody home and looking for something to do, picking up a bow this spring through the summer has really helped businesses like theirs because they have the time to be able to build you a custom arrow. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they really had the time because he seemed like he was awful swamped. Yeah. Like he, his business really did well and now they're looking to improve on it. Yeah. Yeah. They're getting some processes in place and some help and some, you know, whatever they're doing some good stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and we did make good friends with, um, HHA Sports also. Yeah. Uh, you and I got to go to Stevens Point for the, the veteran shoot that they put on for HHA USA. Certainly. And um, you know, Chris Ham was a guest on the show a couple of times. He's coming back next week. That'll be cool. Get and, Chris back on. You know, it's interesting as I was shooting like a trophy line uh, site. And then I won an HHA. Uh, I forget their base model, not the optimizer. I was below that below one. Below that one. But it's still a decent site. It was. Yep. Uh, I, and I can't remember. But then we got the optimizer from, from Chris and yep. threw that on there. And the the adjustability that, like the, the one below that I had to like unscrew something to loosen. Yeah, it that one was the pendulum type site. Yeah. And this one, you just put the tape right on there and you'd spin it to where you want and it, it, it adjusts right on the fly. Right. Um. I mean, I, I killed my buck at 35 yards uh, with that sight and with the vector arrow. And you know, I didn't use the same broadhead as you. I, I, I you know, I'm not, uh, it, I wasn't ready to drop that cash on it yet, but. It did the job. And I wanted something job. immediately. I didn't want to wait in the mail. I wanted to go to the archery shop and pick right. it up. So um, right. I ended up picking up the, the QAD um, fixed blade. Yeah. And that was nice. But you know, those are some of the improvements that we made this year. And honestly, we owe that to this show to, yeah, we, we I learned mean, we about some, new products. We made, made some good friends, made, made like, good connects and, and made new friends and hopefully we helped them out. You know, some of the people I'd, I'd like to be able to help more, uh, but we're doing what we can for them. Yeah. And it's, it's fun to put the stuff into practice, you know, and we've also learned a lot about like tactics and styles. Like, I mean, shit, we spun up a new segment this year called Tactic Talk. We talked to all sorts of guys that are putting down big deer from all over the country and di- practicing different styles and methodologies and, and different things like that. And um, you know, I don't know about you, but I was pretty hungry to get out there and try a lot of this stuff. Yeah, and, there's never enough time in a season, it seems like. No, you and you, you only get so, like, inside of a season, there's, like, seasons inside of the season. Like, things change and evolve. Food sources dry up or crops get plowed or whatever you get cut. And... Like things are evolving pretty rapidly, so you you only have so much time to try some of these things out, anyways. Because in two more weeks, something will change. The weather is going to change. A cold front will come through. Pressure will kick up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Scrapes start popping up. Rub lines pop up. Yep. Um, they stop using scrapes. They're more intent on following does, and they they don't if they're following the does around, they really don't need to mess around with scrapes, and and they just they do what they do. So I think, you know, for us early season, we spent a lot of time in the marsh and trying to get close to this bedding area that you identified. And 
you know, spooked I, out. I never saw anything back there. No. Saw the sign, but I never saw a deer. I saw some bunnies, which I was like, oh, I didn't realize rabbits frequented marshes. They do very much so. <laughs> I was like, wow, look at all these bunnies back here. Uh-huh. Um, but no, it, it was, I've, and thanks to you again, though, I, I hunted out of a stand for the first time in many years. Um, you know, I hunted out of a stand the previous year, or the previous season, but look, I got like some old stuff as we all know about. Right. Uh, which, because of the age, the complexity of like setting it up, it's so much of like a barrier, so much friction in it. Like I just, eh, I'll hunt from the ground. Sure. You know, so I, I was doing a lot of ground and pound before I came in contact with you doing all this other hang and bang stuff. And I would traditionally was hang and bang, but then it just got to be too much. It was just too much effing around. And well, so I, I went to the ground and now I'm back up in the tree again. And, and next year I want to be in a saddle. I, I just don't even want sure. to carry the, the turtle shell on my back. Yeah. But that's me, you know. Yeah, I, you got a comfortability with going in with something that works. It's proven to work. It's not hard to hang a lone wolf's tree stand. No, it's super easy. You know, sticks go up. And I'm not even trying up. to complain that much. I no. just want to get a little bit more nimble. Yeah. Cam lock your stand in and, and uh, pull your stuff up, strap in, and away you go. The best part about the season was I, you know, out of all the sits we did, I was pretty high up for most of the sits. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the one I ended up killing out of was one stick high. I jumped out of the stand when I got that deer. <laughs> <laughs> all that excitement. I was like, I'm jumping down. I got to go see if this thing's dead. And I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. But, but I killed out of the stand. Uh, yeah. You know, I did. And it made well, for a great shot. He didn't see me. He, I don't it, know if he would if I was on the ground. If I was eye level, he probably would have saw me draw back. Yeah. And that's, that's where you got to figure out where the fine line is. If you're too high, you're getting silhouetted and skylined. Yep. If you're too low and they're walking in and you have no, very little back cover or, you know, there's nothing in front of you. You stick out like a sore thumb, but mm-hmm. if you're elevated out of line of sight, but just enough where you can hide behind the silhouette of your backdrop, uh, you're in good shape. Mm-hmm. That's cool. You're in real good shape. I enjoyed sitting in that uh, stand this season. That was good. It was good that you were able to lend that to me. I was really mm-hmm. grateful for that. And your setup and system, the way you have everything that, like, you know, you, this straps here and this goes there and these like this way and the back. Like, it it's was not good. perfect, but it works. It's it's doable. <laughs> Reinhardt, it's the hat he wears. You know, I did have this exact hat on when I killed the buck. This is the okayest leather hat. And oh uh, I guess this is my lucky hat. So guess what I'm going to wear every season? <laughs> this damn hat. And it was one of those times I didn't even give a shit. I just was like, I didn't well, even have any of my stuff. I was like, I'm just got to go. I told Holly in last possible minute, I'm going hunting. I'm going hunting right now. She's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm, go- I'm out. I'm out. I got to go before the sun goes down. One hour of light left, and I left the house and got it done in a half hour. And that's how that goes. It's crazy. I mean, the last time I shot a buck with my bow, it was the same way. It was like last minute, got home from kid's soccer game, and I got to go. I, I'm just going to go out there. You know, I've, I've gotten my tail kicked out there the last three sets, haven't seen anything or saw something that was too far away mm-hmm. or you know, I found a, a deep hole wading through water and I went into my belly button, you know, filled my boots and everything with the, with, with that heavy stand. <laughs> I'd be like, ah, oh, that sounds it's... Oh, it, yeah. But, you know, I, I kept trying. And then it was like, I'm going to go out one more time, you know, 3rd of November. I'm going to just go out there. It is what it is. I'm just going to go find some sign and I'm going to go set up on it. Well, and then I end up running into a hiker way back there and then, 
well, screw it. I'm just going to set up anyway. And I did. And an hour and a half, two hours later, I ended up killing one. That's the way it is. You ran into a hiker back there? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I remember when I thought I ran into a hiker. Yeah. It wasn't a hiker. It was not. Very much not a hiker. Oh, man. It took a lot for me to, like, keep my wits about me and, like, remember everything that I preach. Right. <laughs> Eric, this is public land. You're the public land hunting enthusiast. For fuck's sake, don't get that angry. I was like, what the F are you doing out here yeah. at last light? Who are you? I just you? remember, I remember God. we were texting back and forth, and you're like, there's a freaking hiker back here. I'm Blowing like, through the bedding. I'm like, what? And I had just had a doe come through that I could have easily shot. And by this time, I already had two does. And I was like, oh, I want to shoot a doe at this point. Like, I'd seen zero does Mm -hmm. and all bucks. Yeah, you've seen all the bucks, and I've seen all the does. So that's just the way it went this year. But turns out this guy was a hunter, and he had come, he was hunting there in the morning. So God don't even know what the hell he did to blow the spot up in the morning. Right. We had hunted the night beforehand, right? It was the night before? No, 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 we gave that spot a break. Small break. We gave it a one day break. It was the last spot that I had hit, and I saw two bucks, one big, big buck, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I only ever saw his rack. I mean, it was huge. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I thought, okay, now we know where he's betting. Uh, We don't know what's going on here. Let's give another shot. I'm going to like adjust based on wind, et cetera, et cetera. And I went back out, and sure enough, a doe comes running through, and I thought, and I heard all this chomping around, and I thought, oh my God, here's the buck. He's chasing her, right? This is what's going on, and I'm going to get him. And it was a dude wearing like bright green and he had gotten off of, it turns out he didn't sat in that damn area. So I eventually like climbed down and I met up with him. Yeah. He's like, oh, sorry, dude. I never even saw where the hell you were. I heard you whistling at me. And I was out here this morning. I shot a doe and I thought I'd come back and look at my arrow and make sure there was no blood on it. And I couldn't find anything. And yeah. So come on at last light, dude. <sighs> you know, like, damn it. But he was, he was really nice about it. And. You know, yeah, you appreciate me being nice about it. And he's like, yeah. you know, it is what it is. I'm, he felt super bad. And so I was like, uh, it's, it's all part of the deal, you know, yeah. and all you can do is be nice and polite and, you know, maybe even offer to help the guy find his deer. Or, or I told him to download my app. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, go download the word on Get away from yeah, I just remember <laughs> you texting me that going, well, I let that doe walk through and come closing time. And I started breaking down. And then I just look to the north where you were, and I see flashlights. I see two flashlights. I'm like, oh, maybe there's two guys there, or maybe one of them's Eric and this other guy. I don't know. Then I heard some some talking, and I'm like, no, oh, I'm just getting out of here. Yeah. So rumor has it, though, that big buck was taken. One of them, right? There was a couple of big ones. Do you think it was the big one that I saw? I didn't see it. I looked at the Wisconsin report. I was trying to scroll, and it probably got buried already because there's so much being posted there. That, uh, I'll have to check. The, or you have to show me. Yeah, no, the one that the one that you saw, uh, I believe, was taken on a local piece of. I gotta look at that then. Private in the area, it. it's not on. A, it, you will not see it on any social media. Oh, period. oh, I thought you said it was on the Wisconsin report. No, 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 not that one. Okay, well, no, well, I just I don't know if you have a picture. Show me later or something. Maybe later. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Season recap, man. Tons learned, tons put into practice, new gear, new stuff. Like you were rolling with the Exodus trail cams, like hot and heavy. I mean, how many did you have set up? Like seven? Yeah, I had seven of them running. Um, I like those cameras. They they do real well for me. I mean, I, there's a couple other brands out there, but I just, I like those guys. They've been good to me as far as like if I Quality have a product. thing. Yeah. Um, 
They do a good job. And the videos you share and post and all of that, I mean, it looks good. The quality of the video out of the lift, too, was pretty awesome. The one you had where that buck was sitting back watching that doe, mm-hmm. and then he ran up. Yep. <laughs> that was yep. pretty great. Yeah, it was pretty neat. But they, for their price point, I mean, the next 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 level up camera is probably a Reconyx, and that's a $500 camera. Yeah, you're not putting that on public land. No, I'm not, I mean, I'm not putting that on there. Put that on private land, you know, to be honest. like right. People are out there with freaking wire cutters, man. They're yeah, cable cutters. They'll do it. They'll go out and do they'll that. Rob it. They'll bring a stick. They don't give a shit. Yeah, I code my cameras now, so you know what? Great, you took it, but now it's a brick because mm-hmm. you're not going to figure out my code. You're just not. Yep. Well, yeah, I mean, it's been a, a, a great season. Otherwise, probably one of my best seasons for getting quality deer on camera. I mean, I've got probably four or five good ones on, on the camera, and Managed to hang on to three of them on camera now, and the other two have disappeared. Mm-hmm. Well, it's one of my best seasons. I mean, I've had eyes on bucks before. Uh, I think the season before this one was historically my best season ever, hunting those oxbows, uh, getting eyes on big deer, and, and you know, but not able to close the gap, right? I was right. in the right area. I was mm-hmm. in the right area, and I got fortunate that I was able to hunt that conservancy property that I got drawn for. That was a big part of it, but I knew where to go based on all the learnings. And then this season with you... I've had shots at big deer and um, that's new for me, you know? And so like, I've never seen this many bucks. Well, and on that many separate hunts. I'm putting you, shot. I'm also putting you in high percentage pinch spots where I know deer move through a lot. Yeah. You know, and that's why I put you there. I didn't really care so much about me shooting a buck because I've shot bucks. I know what it's about. Yep. And don't look what me. I did when I went out by myself, man. I yeah. went to a pinch point. <laughs> you went to a pinch point. And, and, and I've you, been, you like, succeeded. The, the here the advice I'll give as the okayest hunter, if I can give any, which I don't have a lot of ground to stand on, right? I've gotten one buck on public land and everything else I F up all the time. It's part of the learning curve, man. It is what it is. But I will say that paying attention to the wind has been the biggest. It, it, it can take you, if you're a novice or a beginner hunter, it can take you from zero to 60. And then all the other stuff is fine-tuning and learning and practicing. Right. And you're, that's always a never-ending game. It's like golf. You could go out and golf for the first time ever. Until you figure out how to like have a follow-through on a swing, suddenly you're going to go from hitting it two feet in front of you to hitting it down the fairway. And big, huge stride of improvement. Now you can play the game. But now you got to work on your putt and your all the... I don't know anything about golf. I don't golf. Fuck golf. But whatever. I'm just saying reading the wind, understanding the wind, and how to position yourself in the wind in proximity to where you assume or know they're betting and where they're traversing, that whole game has been like my, uh, I don't know, drug this season. I mean, I think I was messaging you more than you were messaging me. I was like, <laughs> this is the win tomorrow. We got to make a move. And this is the spot. And like, you know, I was all about it, man. I've yep. never been this about it before. And the wind was by far my best indication of how we were going to tackle something. Right. Well, and obsessive about it. And it's second nature for me to go, well, we can't hunt this spot. Yep. Or we got to access it from this area. Yeah. Or we got to access it all the way down over here. And that's one thing we're going to work on next year is our access. This Mm -hmm. is where more scouting this upcoming, you know, after season when I'm done either whiffing at something or not seeing something, whatever it might be. We're going to go hit it hard. Yeah, I want to push you a little bit further out of your comfort zone with the water access. I took that canoe of Joel down the river. Mm-hmm. Monster. Monster in an oxbow. It's not a you it's, know? It's not a discomfort thing for me. I, I'll 
or whatever it is. I don't know. I know it, you were pretty honed in on a target buck, so maybe that's what it was. Well, that and 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 he's still out there. Thank goodness, to my knowledge, he's still out there. We got one more day with uh, with black powder that he somebody could take him. I might throw a sit tomorrow morning with Bo. What yep. is tomorrow? What the fuck? What's tomorrow Wednesday. Tomorrow. Oh, like tomorrow Saturday. It'll be the ninth. It's the last <laughs> day of black powder. Um, but I can go out there with my bow and still hunt a buck. And then we have a doe season, a doe only season. Yep. So, which you get plenty of does. Yeah, and I Unless have. You feel like butchering one yourself? I don't know. Yeah, and and I, I'm gonna get another one. I was given orders to shoot another doe for the freezer. Um, what my are you, the whitetail militia? I might be. <laughs> I might be. I like to kill deer. What can I say? Okay, I like yeah, to eat them too. What can I say? I like to kill deer. We do have a caller. Uh oh. We know this caller. Mm. Hey, Clayton, you're live on the Where to Hunt podcast. What's up, buddy? Hey, guys. How you doing? You're going to have to quiet up that background noise there, Chief. Oh, man. Sorry. All right. I'll have to call back some other time. I'm just finishing up driving. We'll accept it. What's up, buddy? What do you got? What do you got? We'll take it. Well, I was just saying as far as, like, you know, season recap stuff, uh, I think, and you were just talking about, like, stuff that you've learned. I feel like over the last three months or so, I've learned a whole lot about just being able to read deer signs because that was not something I'd ever really uh, done before. Sure. Reading deer sign was, uh, obviously, it was instrumental in uh, in me taking down my first buck this year. And and that's all we did when we were out there. yeah, you scouted for two days before we gun hunted. You got to the property two days early and scouted, 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 and you yeah. were the only one that got a buck. So like, and it was a beautiful buck. Yeah, we, it was it was great. I mean, I still think about it. I still replay that moment in my mind like over and over and over again. But but I think putting in that actual like putting time in the woods, you can't shoot it from the couch, right? Right. Putting time out in the woods was was so beneficial. Just meeting the sign and saying, oh, there's a rub. Hey, there's another one. Oh, my God, we found a rub line. Okay. And then you just kind of go from there. Hey, there's some scat. There's some, you know, there's a scrape. And and just seeing that stuff and kind of getting a good idea of where they're moving is key, but also, like, when. You know, is this a fresh sign? Is this a couple days old? Is this from earlier this year? And, and my father-in-law was able to teach me a whole lot about that stuff. And I was willing to learn. And I think that's a huge aspect of it is just getting out there, learning as much as you can. I think next year I need to focus more on the wind. Because you were just talking about that. I know really nothing about how the wind affects everything. So I think that's going to be one of my key goals next year is working on the wind. And yep. how that relates to where I'm setting up every, you know, in a stand or a blind or anything like that. That's awesome, man. You so, give you give you, know, you give any credit to this podcast for learning any of that this this season? I give I give <laughs> so much credit to this podcast. Like seriously, without even, uh, you know, without trying to like make your ego. That's what I was looking for. He can barely fit in the door the way it is. <laughs> if nothing else, this podcast got you drunk. How do you both fit? How do you both fit in the same room at the same time while you're doing the podcast together? I have no idea. But, no. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've listened to this show quite a bit. I mean, especially while I'm out driving around for 12 hours a day. You know, it, it's 
just listening to all the other hunters talk about their experiences, their techniques and stuff like that, it's it's been it's been night and day difference from this year to last year as far as how comfortable I am in the woods and how um, how much more I'm paying attention to things that I would have just glanced over last year. Good. Well, you saw two bucks at the same scrape. So the second one uh, didn't see you and you shot him, so it worked out. How many, how many minutes apart? 45 minutes apart? Yeah, it was about 45 minutes apart. I thought, and I for sure thought I blew my chance. I thought for sure I blew my chance at shooting a buck. And I was really down in the dumps for a good 15, 20 minutes. And then, you know, lo and behold, not too much longer later, dude comes out right out of nowhere, just 35 yards in front of me. And I was like, good night. <laughs> <laughs> You could have shot that uh, thing with a bow and arrow. Cool. You could have, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could have. I mean, 35 yards is, is – I haven't had a whole lot of practice with my with my crossbow, so I don't know if I would have taken that shot. But I knew with a 30-30, he was done. There was, there was no way I was going to miss him. Nice. The best part of that was you text me, buck down. And I'm like, oh, cool, he got a buck, you know. And then I see the picture, I'm like, oh, shit, he got a buck. That's <laughs> <laughs> a buck. Yeah, it was, a big, it was a big guy, and I mean, I'm super excited, and I don't know, like I said, I don't think I could ever top that as far as, like, a first gear goes, uh, and I think everything else is going to kind of pale in comparison to that. Now, there's room for improvement there. I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. Well, yeah, there is, but I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. I think, I, I don't know, man, like, I'm hooked. I'm hooked. Like I said, I've already taken vacation for next year camp, and I'm ready to go, man. I'm ready to go. Cool. Well, dude, thanks for calling in, man. But yeah, I just want to call and say, hey, for sure, man. Be safe out there. You too. All right, bye, bud. Thank you. See, and that's that's always encouraging. We have friends friends of the podcast that enjoy what you're doing. I, no, 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 no. This is your rodeo. This is, this I'm is just your the clown. rodeo. No, your rodeo. I'm just the clown. I'm the clown. Let me tell you about that right now. I don't know who the fucking clown is. Who put me on all the bucks? Uh, well. Who taught me how to do stuff? Who gave me the truth? I'm the I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't give you everything. Look, you, had to, you had to put through effort. That's all you needed. You just need someone kicking in the ass to, to give you some, mm-hmm. some uh, get up and go. That's oh. all you needed. Yeah. Yeah. You just needed... It's but but what I said the other day. So I actually uh, guested on the uh, outdoor um, medic podcast last night. It'll air mm-hmm. next week. But um, you know, I was talking about you a little bit, and oh, that, that's like, why my ears were ringing. Exactly. No, but I was saying I, uh, up to this year, I've never had. You know, I've had a couple of buddies like Mike and my buddy Shane. They've come with me on hunts, but like they're like me as the, the expert hunter. Like, oh Eric, let's you're going to take us hunting. Like, eh, I mean, like I don't know what I'm doing, but like I haven't had somebody that's like. <laughs> above my level or at my level of interest or care to go with. And you've been that above my level. For, nah, for the record. I wouldn't say above, but um, I'm, I'm at your level and I, but we're both there. You know what I mean? Like I enjoy helping people out. I mean, that's been, it's been who I am all my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I guess I take pride in helping people. That's what my job is, you know, to help people figure out what's going on with whatever it is they're working on and help them solve their problem. It's not that you had a problem, <laughs> well, but no. you know there was always there's always room for improvement, no matter what you do in life. Of course, yeah. So, 
if there's something I see that maybe what I'm doing might be able to help somebody, great. If not, they'll look at it and go, now this isn't my style. This isn't my speed. Mm -hmm. It's not going to work for me. No offense. No. Everybody does things differently. But like having uh, a lot of the friends that have are hunters, you know what I mean? They're not like serious hunters. They don't like care about as much as I do. They're not like, and the ones that I do, they don't live nearby. Like my buddy Dave, he's up in Glenwood City, you know? And he's a really good hunter. Like, honestly, I'd probably slow him down. He'd be like, eh, you, Eric. I'm going to go do my thing. Right. You know, when he lived down here, we went hunting twice together, or three times maybe. And, you know, he's like, you drop me off here and you go do what you're going to do. And I'm going to go do what I'm going to do. I was like, oh, all right. And I said, like, did you see anything? I didn't see anything. He's like, no, I saw a couple. I'm like, of course you did, damn it. And you've never even hunted here before, you know? Right. Um, well, it's all about reading. But it's reading nice to, to learn this stuff. That's kind yeah. of the having someone to like spar with and, and learn. Like next year, we know. I think the biggest lesson learned was like, when does uh, pheasant season open? Oh yeah. When do the birds get released? Well, we knew we knew it was I coming, but it was know. like, well, we could take a chance on this spot, or we can just yeah, no, yeah. never again. No, and never now again. that I know that, I I threw a sit at another spot further in from that, mm-hmm. and it was money. There's good sign in there. There's a scrape in there. There's bedding in there. And it's a transition from another spot. It, it's a good spot. And I would, again, if we were to do it all over again, I would have had a sit in there instead. But we knew that that spot performed well before that season opened up, right? We did. Um, we had we had good footage from my... Daylight my, movement that I shot at. Yep. And, uh, well, and I even had daylight movement on cameras in that spot too, but mm-hmm. this was before bird season opened. That's the other funny thing. I, I, I know I'll never look at a trail cam picture the same ever again. Hmm. Every trail, every trail cam picture I see now that I'm taking this more seriously, I've learned more stuff. I zoom in, I look at the the timestamp. Bro, why are you show me freaking pictures at night? Yeah, that. Wait, let me it's, see the daywalkers. You it's, know, yeah, it's cool to, to see them, <laughs> it, but it's correct. not killing them. It's right. not killing them yep. at all. And you then, just know they're there as the season starts to you know uh, kind of commence and, and get further in. You're like, oh, look at that, you're getting closer. Uh-huh. You know, oh, here we go. So um, yeah, we got a few of those bucks that were like, oh, a week later if he does this, and I'm sitting over here, I have a chance. Yep, yep. I have a pretty good chance. And you're like, you better f and be there. You know? Right. Yeah, it's cool. Um, man, I don't know. I think. Next year, I want to be out of a saddle, and I want to I want to run some cell cams, and not to be like uh, hunting a cell cam, like hunting over a tip up for my cabin, right. you know, where I can see it and make the run out there. I, I'm just saying, like, I don't have the time to run 30 minutes away and get my ass in public and to pull cards. Right. But I would like to keep some inventory myself for some of the areas that I hunt here well, locally too. You and, know, and a cell cam. What, what you're able to do, too, is you don't have to worry about pulling a card, but say you're, you're yep. sitting it there for a week and you're really not seeing much of it, maybe does and fawns or mm-hmm. nothing at all. You can rule that area out for at least part of the season, mm-hmm. or maybe the first part, but then again, depends on how early, what time of year you're putting that camera there. Yep. It's great for intel. You know they're going to be going... It's good for inventory and then some intel, right? Yep. You know they're going to be going from the bed to the food... You know, they're going to be hitting all the, the, the better ag fields, the alfalfa fields and things. And most of the time, those alfalfa fields are out in the middle of, you know, close to the road or whatever. Deer, bigger ones are definitely not going to be going out there during daylight hours. They right. might a little bit. They might peek out and get a little bite and then hang back. 
you don't know until you set up a camera there. Right. But your best spots are going to be to collect intel of day, daylight movement are going to be secluded food sources. Yep. Those bigger deer are smart. They, they know when they've got a, a good area of cover that they can slip in and out of real fast and, and get a bite to eat. So, Greg, um, let's, we got like, you know, whatever, we got like a couple more minutes left here, 15, 10 minutes, whatever, something like that. Um, second rut, third rut, food, scarcity, cold weather, maybe snow, like what's happening now? What, like there's still guys out there, including yourself, that are trying to get it done still hunting this later season into January. Um, the hell should we be doing, man? Well, I'm not an expert, but if you... What are you going to do? If you go listen to the experts, they're telling you, yeah, this is like second rut or it's rut is still going. Mm-hmm. Rut is still going. And again, from my experience, all the way past Christmas. Look, I, what, look what Bull Martonic put down with, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. with our friends over there on the East Coast. Yep. Yeah. With and, Johnny Stewart. Well, and, and they put on a drive to, put, to move that deer. But that's a big freaking that deer. That is a dandy of a deer. And they knew what they were like. Uh, yeah, John had seen that deer, and John knows, John knows that area like the yep. back of his hand. Yep. So it, that's beneficial. Where I'm hunting an area I know pretty well, but I know there's some spots in there that I'd like to know better. Mm-hmm. So my approach going forward is if I sit tomorrow, I, I'm going to go hit one known bedding area where I did kick a nice buck out of. Yep. The second day of gun season. I'm going to go try and I, I, I can't hang, a, hang a, a tree stand in there. That's a ground hunt. That's going to be me getting into some brush, hopefully getting close enough to where that bedding area is early enough and maybe catching a deer coming back. They may have, so they you're may going to do a morning you. sit or? I'm going to have to do a morning sit before before work. When you're here podcasting, huh? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. That's right. I'll be talking to you at 4 o'clock in the morning tomorrow. Well, I don't know about that. But that's my first plan is at least try and get an eye on one in the bedding. Maybe he's going to have does with him. Who knows? If we do get some timely cold, that's going to pressure the deer to get on the feed bag a little more. Right now it's fairly warm. They don't have a need to burn a ton of calories unless they're being chased around by bucks. We still have some does going into heat. So, Sitting on a field may or may not yield some kind of luck. If it is, it's going to be really good luck. Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to probably look at doe bedding areas right now. If we get some cold and then get some snow to blanket things, that's going to be a switch. That's going to be a switch. And, yeah, they'll they'll be definitely going to better food sources. So crop fields with waste grain, any any standing corn, there isn't much left out by us at all. Uh, the corners of the, the fields that, that maybe were missed by the combine, the deer will be coming and hitting that if they haven't grazed it off already. But I'm just going to keep getting in between bedding and food closer to bedding, not so much to the food. That's just how I'm going to try and Straight do it. In on that. Yeah. Um, Bill Thompson just mentioned in the comments he had bucks working scrapes at noon yesterday. I know he, he's traditionally had the most success during second rut. I think only one of the bucks he shot in, in his hunting career was out of, not out of, uh, or was like, oh my God, what am I trying to say? 
wasn't from second rut. All of the others, and there's plenty, were from second rut. So he's like ride or die, second rut. Sure. And um, I know he's been out putting in lots What's of What's nice about hunting the, the, that second or later rut Pressure drops the pressure off. drops off <laughs> tremendously. Right now, you got a couple of diehards like me mm-hmm. that will hunt all the way till the end, yep. and I've been doing it for I don't know how many years now. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I have two tags filled already, I'll still go because I like doing it. There's something to be said about going out, toughing out the elements, and seeing whitetails come through the snow. I don't know what it is. I just think it's a cool thing. Snow is going to definitely get them moving to food. I said that already. Do we have any snow in our forecast? No, we've got nothing. We got nothing, man. But I'm if we surprised. get a, if not, we can get some snow cover and a major drop in temperature with like highs in the teens and twenties, I mean, or even hovering around zero, mm-hmm. deer will be moving midday. Then, I mean, that's a good opportunity to definitely hunt more so the food. The deer are going to bed closer to the food. And graze in the middle of the day where they're in the sunshine. If we get a day that's, you know, hovering around zero or the teens and we get some sunshine, those deer will be out feeding while it's warm, Mm -hmm. middle of the day. And that's not a bad play is to sit in the middle of the day, you know, go out there late morning, wait till the temperature starts to come up, maybe to the teens, almost 20. Then you'll be in, in pretty good shape to be sitting on a food source. Okay. That's I've done that. I've seen that. Yeah. And I've had it where, I, you know, I was way off the food because I didn't have permission to hunt that food. And traditionally, deer would come through that area. Well, by the time I got there, it was too late. and There wasn't hardly any fresh sign in that spot. They weren't using that, that brushy cover. One, because it was cooler. It was on the northern end of this mm-hmm. area. They were bedding more closer to the south where they had southern exposure where the sun was keeping it, up, you know, thermal cover warmer for them mm-hmm. and then they didn't have far to go to consume the calories they needed to survive so they bailed out of one area and moved a half mile south on me mm-hmm. i've had that happen are you running trail cams still i have two sitting out i really want to kick those other ones out i wanted to move them around but with the amount of gun pressure this area gets i didn't feel really optimistic that those cameras would still be there so i'm excited to get some uh get a few more out mm-hmm. some of those cams going i'm gonna lay them where i got my buck and see if i can i didn't i didn't have any opportunity to really actually even explore that area i didn't even get to get back into where i assume they were betting although i think based on where the buck that i shot came from i was right about where he was betting but i think there's bigger ones back there i would so i want to do some scouting yeah, there i wouldn't for be sure. surprised that there were bigger ones back there so that's a, that'll be a fun one for me. That'll be like, I'll have to kind of save that in my back pocket and I don't know, see what I can do. Yeah. But that'll be next year. Um, I don't know. I hope everyone's having like had a good season or is still out there trying. I know a number of folks that I see that we follow on Instagram or so they're trying to get it done or trying to fill a second tag or get more meat or whatever. And uh, soak it up because after this comes, you know, the black hole of, well, now what do I do? <laughs> well, there's ice fishing and uh, yeah. plenty of scouting that can be done off season. So, I mean, typically I'm I'm going in right after I'm done bow hunting. When it's when it's over with, I'm I'm going in there and making use of 
hopefully some snow cover to figure out where the deer are going. Yeah, I want to do that too. I like to bring my dog out, Ed, and let him run around like sure. a, like a total goof. And, and there's plenty of plenty of opportunity to rabbit hunt and, and squirrel hunt. Uh, turkey hunting will be coming up. That's a big one. You know, People and by the way, December 10th. For those of you who are looking to go spring turkey hunting here in Wisconsin, December 10th is the deadline for your spring turkey permit. That's two days. Two days. So, so you think I should on, do that, huh? Yeah, you might want to do that. Right. I yep. guess I'll try to kill a turkey this year. That wouldn't be a bad idea. All right. Give her a try. Uh, Cody just asked, any tips on hunting river bottoms late season? Any advice helps? River bottoms late season? River bottoms... I don't have a ton of experience hunting river bottoms. I've got my experience in swamps, but I think it's somewhat universal to where there's a lot of browsing river bottoms and swampy areas. Like that area that I took you into, that hell hole. There's a lot of red brush in there, dogwood, and they browse they're already browsing it because it's it's a simple food source. All I got to do is stand up, walk 2 feet off the bed, nibble on it stretch their legs, get their circulation back, and then go lay down again. Mm-hmm. So I would say river bottom, if you know you have an oxbow, because that's a great place for a deer to go. To bed. To yep. bed. And that is like, I, I don't know, like we didn't come up with the term. We're not experts no, on it. But no, I'm we're not like, experts on like, it, but take it a, all makes take sense. Take a freaking kayak or canoe down a river and tell me how many deer you kick up, and they're going to be in what's called an oxbow, which is the, the, the it's a bend, bend in, the river. in the river, and they're going to be... They're going to be on the inside peninsula of that bend. Yep. And with without doubt, man, like when you know you're coming up on one, it's time to slow the F down and get real quiet. Get very um, quiet and... Because you're going to kick them up. And, yeah. and I almost shot one from the canoe this year. Yeah, you like, could have. I was about to sh- draw back on a doe in an oxbow from the canoe, and she just, by the time it all started like come to fruition, it just couldn't happen. But I was going to freaking do it, man. I was like, I'm going to shoot a doe from the canoe. And yeah. Joel's like, oh, my God, do it. And then we saw a buck, two bucks, um, one small one, one big one. So, like, three deer down a river, all in oxbows. So I'll just What's really going to do it for you, no matter where you're hunting, though, is is scouting. Yeah. Like if you haven't been in this area in a while or you maybe been just kind of tiptoeing around it and, and just hunting the very edge, it's time to just go, you know what? I need to go in and scout it. I need to see where what's going on in there. Yep. If, if, it, if it even piques your curiosity to do so, just go and do it. So what? You're going to blow a few deer out. That's part of the deal. Anytime I walk around, I mean, look at all the areas I've scouted in the spring. I'm always bumping deer. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a good thing. That means deer are there. Well, and especially spring, who gives a shit? Bump, 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 bump. Like, yeah. Kick them all out. But even during the season. Okay, so yep. what? You bump a couple does. Maybe you did bump a big buck. I mean, I bumped my mm-hmm. one big buck uh, second day of gun season. I couldn't get a shot at him. It was just too thick. But that just gave me more confidence in that area going, okay, I had an inkling about that spot. I've scouted it in the past and knew that there was some bedding somewhere in here, but the area has changed, meaning the bushes got taller, uh, some of the trees had died and fallen over, I don't have some of the landmarks I used to have, but I know historically deer use this area, and there's paths through there, there's three or four intersecting paths. Get on a path, walk slow, and just wander your way through. Mm -hmm. And like... For the record, we're smarter than deer. (laughs) We're smarter, but they look make us look pretty stupid sometimes. So just uh, 
now hopefully that helps Cody. I don't I don't know if that's helpful or not, but like um and and think about access too, like what's gonna separate you from hunting pressure. I don't know if that's late season or, or what have you, but um you know, like can you get there from a canoe or a kayak? Does it make right. sense to take one now? Can and like you, I'm gonna you keep... throw on some weight or some frog togs, like what are you gonna do to you know get a little bit further in? Right. And the only thing I can say is I could be quote unquote the best deer hunter in the world and think I know everything about certain types of terrain. But if you are going out there and putting down the boot leather and scouting that area, you're going to know about what's going to be best in that area before I would. Mm -hmm. So scouting, scouting is going to help go out and scout it. Great question. Thanks for tuning in, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, folks, we're going to end the live broadcast. Uh, I don't see any calls in the queue, and that's the last comment that came through. So uh, we'll get this thing buttoned up into podcast land tonight. It'll be uh, live later on this evening and uh, ready to listen to throughout the week. So thanks for tuning in. Have a great night and hunt public. Thank you. Good night. Hey folks, just wanted to pop in at the end here and say uh, thanks to everybody that's been sending some positive feedback our way. Got a message on our Facebook page, uh, got an email that came through from our website, and uh, those are the things that we love even more than like the the ratings and reviews, which you know we love those too. Um, but you know, to have someone directly message us, go out of their way, out of their busy day, whatever it is they're doing, to like say something uh, nice about the show or that they appreciate it or, or whatever. Uh, it really means a ton. So, you know, thanks so much for those folks that have been doing that kind of stuff. Um, you know, Greg and I both really value that kind of stuff. And it's good to know that folks are listening. You know, we're kind of in our own little echo chamber. So unless we have that feedback of those writings and, review, and reviews, we always just assume like no one's really listening. Uh, even though, you know, the numbers might tell us otherwise. It's good to know that there's human beings on the other side of those analytics that we see in the platform. So, that being said, thank you so much. And we hope everyone had a great season as well. And those of you that are still out there uh, grinding to get it done, you know, good luck. Hopefully this podcast helped out a little bit. Um, you know, hopefully your spirits are staying high. And if nothing else, like we talked about, hunting pressure has dropped off significantly. So, um, you know, at least if you're going to get one now, it really goes to show what you're made out of. And if you get one now, it's a hard-earned deer. So kudos to you. Um, I know I've promised everybody some giveaway uh, updates, so we'll work really hard uh, to provide those for next week's show. Uh, so those that are subscribed to our Patreon, be on the lookout. And um, gosh, what else? I think that's kind of like, <laughs> that's kind of it for now. Uh, we're, you know, kind of winding down here, getting ready for the holidays. Uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, uh, not because there's snow, but because there's Amazon boxes piling up around my house in all different areas, including the garage, this room that I'm in and our staircase for some reason. So uh, yeah, I'm going to have lots of rapping to do, which not the, not the fun come definitely not a, a rapper. And I'm also not a good gift rapper either. I look, it looks like a two year old did it if I've done it. So anyway, uh, everybody, I hope you have a great day. And, uh, if you need anything from us, let us know if there's anything we can talk about or help. If there's a guest you want us to line up, like hit us up. We're, we're pretty shameless about it. And, uh, although we're very courteous, I will be happy to reach out to anybody you think might be a good uh, get for the show. Or if there's a topic you want to hear about, we'd be happy to talk about it. Uh, any feedback and everybody has will help us and uh, give you more of what you want to hear. And don't forget, you can call in every Tuesday when we go live. We go live every Tuesday, uh, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. At least for the remainder of 2020, we're likely going to change that in 2021 to an earlier time. So if you have any feedback on that, let us know too. 
Otherwise, uh, thanks for tuning in, folks. Have a great day.